let me start the show by asking you, where are you sitting right now? I am in Magar office. But where were you two days ago? Is that right? Yes, it's currently the 3rd of January where I am, although I guess it's the 4th of January where you are. Um, where were you on Sunday, the 1st of January? Well, so I guess you do have to ask because it is impossible for you to actually know anymore because I've planted a seed of doubt in your mind. Right? <laughs> because I was in the United States of America. You were. Um, I was in New York City and then Virginia. You were. And coincidentally, I was also in Virginia, as I am off to do, and we were in the same place. So, <laughs> so spoiler alert, uh, Mike and Adina did not go to Romania, as those liars said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. They instead came and surprised um, me and Aaron and Declan and the uh, Syracuses. And in and in collusion with the underscores and the armaments, uh, gave me one of the best surprises I've ever had in my entire life. And uh, And so uh, we'll talk about that a little more. But um, I, I guess we should just kind of go through what happened, um, or like, well, how do how do you want to approach this? Can, do you want to go chronologically? Do you want to start with the big reveal and then back up and do like a you know, like flashback sort of thing? What, how do you want to handle it? I want to go chronologically. Okay. Um, because it, it starts in, like, November. <laughs> it's so nuts. <laughs> so what was so, happening in November? This is like Thanksgiving time, if not beforehand. Uh, was it November? When was it? Ool. November. You are correct. Yeah. So it starts at the end of at the end of Ool. So right at the very end, um, I think on the way back that day, I was talking with the underscores. And they had mentioned that there was like a New Year's thing and they were hosting it. And they asked if I wanted to join. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds like fun. Like, you know, like I, I've always been very envious of, of you all getting together um, at the end of the year because it's a bunch of my friends. And it seems like a, just a nice, relaxed environment to spend time with people. Yeah, let me let me jump in there. So So for a little bit of context... Starting, I think it was the first year that ATP was a thing. So in 2013, um, the Syracuse's and Armin's and us all got together, I believe, at, at John and Tina's house. And then in 2014, I believe that same thing happened again, except we skipped because that was when Declan was brand new. In 2015, it was all of us. So this is last year, the year before last at this point, actually, it was all of us at the Arments, Um, and then the underscores actually came up as well. And then, uh, this, this past year is in just a few days ago. Now, um, we were all going to the, the Arments, the Syracuses and, and us were going to come to the underscores. Um, and they live about two hours North of, of Aaron and, and Declan and I, they're out of, they're in the greater DC area. And so the Armits were going to drive, which in principle, it's not a very bad drive. In reality, it's on Interstate 95, which is always a disaster. And, uh, and the Syracusers were going to fly. And so it's been this kind of yearly tradition that, that ATP and then ATP and underscores, so I guess you could say ATP and under the radar, would get together around New Year's time um, to just kind of celebrate and, and kind of reflect on the year and get our families together because our families never get to see each other. And, and I never get to see, say, Tina, for example. Uh, we get to see the underscores from time to time since they're so close. And often but not always, I'll see um, uh, Tiff and Adam at some point, but it's, I guess, maybe not as much anymore. But the point being, we rarely get to see everyone. And so this this end of year thing has been a tradition for a while now. So sorry, with that context, you are talking to the underscores at all, and they say, hey, you should consider coming. 
Yeah, and maybe I'll I'll jump out of the timeline now as well. You do know that like you spoke about most of this last time, right? Because I don't know if you remember it so so clearly. I don't. So, so on our last episode, we spoke about our plans for the holiday season, and one of the things that you were talking about was this. <laughs> and the reason I remember it's it because is because you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, really." So I recommend people go back and listen to that episode because I was recording for five people in the present and then all of you in the past. (laughs) So you will hear me say things along the lines of, that sounds like so much fun. I wish that was something that I could do. (laughs) And I'm talking the whole time. And as everybody that has heard it, that is aware of the of what actually ended up occurring is said that I sounded like I had a smile on my face the entire time because I did. It's like I was laying it on real <laughs> thick like and, and kind of talking about like how much fun it sounded like uh, and kind of how much I really f- would love to join in, that kind of thing. You're the worst. Uh, so I just wanted to plant those seeds in there. Mm-hmm. So I did that. So uh, we decided... Uh, I asked Adina if she wanted to do it and she said it sounded like a lot of fun so then I let the underscores know because obviously you know she'd met the underscores as well so like there was more people that she knew and she knew that she wanted to spend more time with them um, and get to to meet everyone so we said yeah we'll go for it Um, I at some point I mentioned to the Amits that we were going to be doing it and Oh, because, ah, that was it. Because we thought that we could do this and couple it with a visit to them as well and when we could travel down together. Um, So then we could spend a little bit more time in New York because we both love New York. So I mentioned this and Tiff said to me, don't tell Casey. (laughs) Which was, in hindsight, a fantastic idea. Because we all knew how excited you would be, obviously, right? because you get to meet Adina, and obviously I, I was very excited to meet Erin, of course, but it's like you and me have a, a, a shared excitement that we have over these types of things, mm-hmm. and obviously I knew that I would be meeting Erin and Declan, so I was excited about that, but you didn't know. No. So it's a whole other thing, right? Like, it's a whole different level if you get a surprise like that. It's a different level of excitement. So it was Tiff's idea. We all agreed to it, um, but, and then the kind of... Uh, I guess collateral damage of this was the Syracuses, <laughs> <laughs> which I think most of us only realized they didn't know about three or four days beforehand. <laughs> and then at that point just decided not to tell them because it minimized the failure points. Right. <laughs> they were, uh, they were on a need to know basis and they didn't need to know. Because basically, I mean, I just had never sp- mentioned it to to John in any of our communications and I wasn't included on any of the or we weren't included on any of the planning emails and the underscores would send those to us separately yeah so again a quick sidebar so we were doing a lot of the planning over this for this over email and the underscores are cut from a very similar cloth as Aaron and I in that they're 
I don't want to say, you know, retentive, but they, they like to have a plan. And that uh, deeply appeals to Aaron and myself. And so there were a fair bit of emails. That's not a complaint. That, that, that I, I loved it. There were a fair bit of emails going back and forth about what should we do as a group, you know, and how can we give the guys a little bit of time, the girls a little bit of time, who's going to bring what food, et cetera, et cetera. And so there was a not inconsequential amount of emails flying around. And I guess what was happening was either Dave or Lauren was sending all of these to you so you would be in the loop as well. Yeah, so we would just kind of get like forwarded them, and it ended up being like we didn't see everything, but we were able to get up to speed mm. quite quickly. I mean, it wasn't really anything that we needed that we didn't already know. Um, but it was, yeah, they, the Syracuses ended up being collateral damage and all of this. So I have uh, been laying on quite thick over the last couple of episodes, like, but I, I've only told you one lie. And I mentioned this to you when we were in person. I told you one time to my recollection, we are going to Romania. Mm-hmm. And this, I said this two weeks ago, and this was purely to just plant that seed in your head to put the knowledge in so you knew it and would... Not that I didn't think you would necessarily... Well, see, what I couldn't tell you was we're going away and then not tell you where. Or I couldn't right, tell you right, we're right, going right. to New York. I can't tell you we're going to America. Like, I can't tell you any of these things. Oh, no. I would have, I would have right? beaten you up about it, either because I would have interrogated you or because I would have given you a boatload of crap about how you weren't coming to visit me, how can you, how can you yeah, be exactly. so selfish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this is the usual, the usual. The usual for me, exactly. The usual usual things. Uh, So everything else that I've told you was true, including in our communications um, in the days running up to this. Where like so we're in New York and you're kind of saying to me stuff like oh you know how is it there we were just chatting and I was like oh it's pretty cold today and (laughs) just hanging out right now and we're going into (laughs) the city later on and and it it basically was uh, just me doing my best to just continue to just move things along and I was being and we were all being very careful so one thing that that the four of us so that me and Adina and the Amits had decided on was a social media lockdown in general <laughs> so me and Adina were not going to post anything to Instagram at all right because that would have given the game away immediately and anything that the Amits posted obviously had to clearly not include us or include other people right Mm-hmm. Like in any way, like you couldn't see like four glasses, you know, like yeah, these things had to be just considered. I mean, of course they have friends, et cetera, et cetera. But like the, the, the less, the less to think about the better, right? Because then, you know, in case you saw it and be like, oh, who are you in the city with or whatever, you know, you'd have to just be careful about these things. And then I just decided that it was just best for me over these days to just not really do much of anything so as to not give the game away because I was also thinking about Romanian time and I was being very careful about any <laughs> communications that I had in Slack with you or anyone um, about the difference in time between New York and Romania because it's not only the five hours that would be normal but an extra two because it's two hours further into the future. Yeah, well, I cannot believe that you went to this. To this like, okay, so the social media lockdown totally makes sense. Totally understand it. I probably would have done the exact same thing. But when you told me when we were together, oh, I had to make sure I only talked to you in Romanian time, my mind exploded. Because, I, I mean, I guess if you were talking to me late, like really late at night, 
my time, I would have found that really curious. But you tend to keep a semi-American schedule as it is. And yes, I understand that Romania is two hours ahead, but you give me far more credit than I think I deserve because I don't know if by time of day alone I would have put anything together. Now, the social media lockdown totally made sense. And there was another lockdown that we'll talk about in a moment that totally made sense. But the, the, the dedication, the commitment to making sure that you didn't talk to me outside of Romanian hours. That that impressed me and, and impresses me to this very moment. So one of the reasons for the timing thing is just every now and then you'll say to me, go to bed. <laughs> it's absolutely and, and true. And you say this to me sometimes at seemingly random times. Like <laughs> sometimes it's three in the morning, sometimes it's one in the morning. And even though you know I'm usually awake at one, but every now and then you tell me to go to bed. And it was just my concern of like you looking at a time and it'd be like 5 a.m. Like I was worried that I was just going to say something at what was like 10 p.m. New York time, right? Because that's crazy. You know, just like little things like that. Yeah, even even for you, 10 in the evening, my time is pretty aggressive because that's, what is that, three or four in the morning normally for you? For three in the morning? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, you know, but there was times where I think I was sending messages at like 11 or 12 because then I could be waking up, right? So I was thinking, just making sure I was thinking about those things. But talking about the level of commitment. So the thing is, I have had like two months of thinking about the moment that I walked in that door, <laughs> I wanted nothing to ruin that. Right, right. Like, because it, it was it was like fifty percent your surprise, and fifty percent me getting to surprise you. Right, right, right. Like, if this would have leaked out beforehand, I would have lost my part. Right, mm-hmm. it would have been totally different because the reaction that I would have got from you would have just been like a excited to see you, but happy kind of thing yeah yeah i know what you're saying yeah. it wouldn't have had the exact same like landing when you walk in the door and i knew even if i had an inkling like let's say i think i think you guys went above and beyond the four of you in in the social media lockdown in new york but let's say for the sake of discussion that that marco or tiff posted a picture of like four drinks you know and said oh out with friends and let's say i took that to to mean hmm, maybe Mike and Adina are there. Like, I wouldn't have, but let's just say for the sake of discussion, even if you had walked in the door with me having some inkling of what was going on, it wouldn't have been the same. But, and we'll talk about the moment a a little bit later, but let me just make it clear. I had zero idea that I would be Mm -hmm. seeing you that day. None, not even an inkling, not even a shadow, none. And and to lose that would have been really unfortunate, particularly for you. In the same way, I maybe told like five people about this. Mm-hmm. Did Stephen know? Stephen knew. Um, Federico knew. I told Jason. Uh, a couple of other people. Um, a friend, John Voorhees, he knew. Like I just kind of just kept it to a very limited amount of people mm-hmm. just to stop slip-ups. Yeah, totally makes sense. There are just some people that had to know for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, like for recording things at different times or, or whatever. I, I, I just wanted to reduce any time that somebody might just offhandedly mention something. Uh, because I say it was it was super important to me uh, to be able to surprise you, and I just I just didn't want I didn't want any slip ups at all, yeah. and it worked out. Uh, yeah, the, the last thing that I did. 
I think this was something, you know, during the planning of this, um, I think Tiff mentioned this about Find My Friends, if, if we were Find My Friends friends. And uh, to my surprise, we still are. Uh, <laughs> every now and then I, I just open the application and, and, uh, and remember. She, I think she remembered from when we were talking on the show when I was in um, New York in August. So mm-hmm. I think that she remembered that mm-hmm. and mentioned that to me. I believe that Tiff mentioned it to me. Uh, she was definitely my co-conspirator in most <laughs> of this. Uh, and, um, and it was something that I was really nervous about doing because this would have been a real, a real, like, indicator of something. So when you right? say nervous about doing, you mean cutting me off on Find My Friends? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I have, we have been Find My Friends friends for nearly probably like two years. Right. And like all of a sudden, it, for it to stop, there has to be a reason. And like this is something that I was going backwards and forwards on a lot. Like when do I do it? What do I say? So I ended up coming up with a little plan. And I decided to um, shut things down uh, shut on the Monday before we left. So uh, I think it was like the 26th or something, Twenty. I think it was like the 26th. Yeah, on the 26th. Uh, we were leaving on the 27th. Uh, and one thing that I knew was good and was making sure was to stay away from iMessage because iMessage informs you of the ch- of, uh, location changes. It does? As in, yeah, like if um, if two people stop sharing their location together, it oh, right, 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 yes, which I think is new, and th- yes, you're right, and this is that funny. That changed since that, that data was shared with iMessage, so um, in iMessage, if you have any fun people that you have constant location sharing with Find My Friends, they appear in the share my location part of iMessage. Right, right, right. Uh, so I came up with a reason as well, if you, for and some reason, if for some chance you noticed which i thought was possible because i know that you are a user of find my friends so you may have opened it and not seen me in there if you brought it up i was gonna say uh that i was having icloud issues after the address change (laughs) that is preposterous and yet somehow believable Mm -hmm. Uh, i I think uh this is something that people that have been listening to the show recently that knew about this information have been saying to me that i'm a very good liar (laughs) <laughs> um and and my defense to this will be that uh I am only when like really thinking about it a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess is is it and only if I'm super excited about something maybe I don't know but anyhow that was my my thinking uh, after having considered it for many weeks was that this could be a a like I was having a like issue with iCloud like I was getting locked out or something and and I was just going to sort it out when we got home as opposed to dealing with it whilst in Romania. Right, right. Uh, all right, so this becomes relevant later, but let's take a pause right now and talk about something else that's awesome. So this week's episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com slash analog. You'll get a 14-day free trial, and when you enter the offer code analog at checkout, you will get 20% off your first invoice. Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for everyone who has a website, and they do this by offering powerful and easy-to-use tools and services. If you're a Pingdom user, you'll be able to monitor the availability and performance of your server, database, or website 
and it'll be a breeze. They, Pingdom take care of all of this by using more than 70 global test servers to emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. They can also check contact forms, e-commerce checkouts, logins, search functionality, and tons of stuff more independently. Because these days, websites are more than just like the binary is my website up or down. There are many dependencies that run across different companies, different servers, different systems that you may have plugged into your website or pushing off just like a separate part of your website. You know, you might have like a, uh, a podcast website and then a store and a blog somewhere else, for example, like we do. And one of those things being down is going to affect people in different ways, but it might not be the whole thing is down. So you kind of want to know about all of this stuff. All you need to do is give the URLs you want to monitor to ping them and they take care of the rest. If they detect any outages, you'll be fixed. You'll be able to fix it immediately because they will let you know about this downtime before anybody else will. You don't want to be caught out with somebody telling you that they want to access your website, but it's down. You need Pingdom for this. Go check out Pingdom today at pingdom.com slash analog. You'll get a 14-day free trial. And if you use the code analog at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. So you arrive in JFK. You flew mm-hmm. from Heathrow, I assume? Yep, Heathrow. The and only way to fly. You don't, you don't favor Gatwick? I don't know anything about Gatwick. I just thought that locals preferred it. Oh, I guess that's mostly if you're staying in Europe, huh? I don't know. I never. I only ever fly anywhere basically from Heathrow. It's it's the airport that I like the most. Fair enough. And you get there by uh, commuter rail or underground or something? Yeah, we took a new route this time um, because one, it was the first trip to the airport from this house, uh, and then the other, there were a bunch of there was a bunch of things closed so like we took a, a bus and, and a couple of trains which i don't usually do uh but it it was pretty good actually i was i was pretty happy with the route um and then the route that we took home was quicker than the old route which was you know to the old house so mm-hmm. that was good i was happy about that about how long was each each leg it's like an hour and 15 hour and 20 something like that Fair enough. Okay. So you took the flight. The flight went okay, I guess. You get to JFK around what time? I think it's at 6 o'clock. Okay. And then you like get a car service or Uber or train or something to go to yep. the Armands? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how long? So you were, you arrived the 26th, is that correct? Or 27th? 27th, yeah. We left on the 27th, arrived on the 27th because time zones. Right. Okay. And... I know that I was traveling to the underscores. Uh, so the 27th is a Tuesday. You get there Tuesday evening. And I I arrived at the underscores on Friday the 30th. And I believe you did as well, if memory serves. So, um, mm-hmm. so you have the 28th and the 29th to just kind of mess about in New York. Yep. 28th was going to be a day in the city. Um, so we, we went into the city. We went into Grand Central, which is one of my most favorite buildings oh, on the planet. Amen. Love that place. Uh, just, just a stunning thing to look at. And um, I've been to New York in the summer, and I've been to New York in the winter. And whilst obviously being in the summer is very nice, uh, I love it around Christmas time. Um, just the decorations are just so beautiful everywhere. And Grand Central is, is part of the, you know, these huge holly reefs everywhere, and it's it's really stunning to look at. And uh, we wanted to go and see the tree at the Rockefeller Center because when we mm-hmm. were there last year, the tree was up but no decorations. Uh, but the tree was a bit disappointing. Like, it wasn't very th- full. It oh. kind of just looked like a tree, not a Christmas tree. It looked like they just got a regular tree. Uh, very peculiar looking. 
at least I, me and Adina found that to be that way anyway. Um, and then we were going to spend the day. I wanted to kind of walk uh, by Central Park because we'd never been there, really. So we went that way. Um, the closest we got to Central Park last time was going to the Apple Store on Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go that way. And then we were going to go to some museums. We were going to go to the Guggenheim. Um, and we were going to go maybe to the Natural History. Just yeah, because yeah. Uh, there were some things to, to try out. So we were walking along and uh, I was... Uh, it was pretty cold that day, and I was uh, concerned when we walked past, I think it was the Met, and the lines were, like, they were bonkers. Like, there were lines both sides, so, like, down the stairs and all the way across the side of the building. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't look good. <laughs> um, and we got to the Guggenheim, and there were two lines for the Guggenheim in a similar way around the block. And... uh my understanding is that it's very peculiar to see huge lines for the Guggenheim because it's less, it's like one of the least most exciting museums or uh, galleries or like the least most visited um, galleries in New York City. So when we saw this, we decided that we were going to abandon the museums. Uh, and it was because it was very cold. So we jumped in a, in a cab and we headed downtown and we uh, kind of holed up in a bar for a little while. And then we decided to leave there and we were walking down the street and I can't remember who it was that spotted it, but there was a ping pong bar. Mm-hmm. And we decided to go and play ping pong. Um, and I've been to a place like this in London uh, there's a place in London called Bounce. Um, I can't remember what this place was called off the top of my head, um, but it was really fun. You, it's like a, it's like a bar, and they have music and stuff, and you can hire a ping pong table, and we played ping pong for like ninety minutes. We got it for an hour, <laughs> but we enjoyed ourselves so much. We bought another half an hour, and we had some cocktails and played ping pong, and uh, we played doubles, and we played six games. And we won one of them. <laughs> wow. The Armants just, just blit- they obliterated us. Like, it was embarrassing. So let it be known, people, that uh, Marco and Tiff are hustlers when it comes to ping pong. So it, this is one of those things that Marco was like, oh, I played a little bit in high school. And mm-hmm. it just destroyed us. He had, like, the, a couple of, just a couple of shots that I just couldn't, I just couldn't do anything about. Like a, like a, I don't even know what you'd call it, but he would hit the ball really hard. And it would like bounce over my head, and <laughs> so there are there are many things in my life. As you know, as I look back over uh, my professional career, there are many things that are surprising to me. Um, one of those is, of course, uh, spending time in Marco and Tiff's home. Right, mm-hmm. um, been a fan of both of them um, with uh, Marco and his various work, and I have followed Tiff on Twitter for many years and have enjoyed. Her, her tweets before she started podcasting and now enjoy her podcast very much. Uh, so I've been a fan of them for a long time and spending time in their home now is, is quite like a, a, a mind-bending experience and, and something that is a nice feeling to have. Something I never would have, like, so that is like a hard thing to predict, right? And someone would yeah, tell you yeah. that and you'd be like, no way. Something that is even more so is that Marco has now uh, truly beaten me um, at some kind of sporting event. 
That, and again, this is nothing against Marco and his sporting achievements because I don't think either of us are particularly sporty. I didn't necessarily think that I was more sporty than him. But the idea that some kind of competitive sport would have occurred between the two of us is the crazy thing. And then uh, just the level at which he beat me um, makes it that one step further. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. So, so never play ping pong. With Marco and Tiff Arment, that is what I would recommend. Uh, we then went and had a lovely dinner, um, which made me feel a lot better after being destroyed. Good deal. What kind of cuisine? It was uh, Mediterranean. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was. It was very nice, actually. Very nice. As most food is in New York, uh, we spent the next day kind of just chilling out, just being couch potatoes. And over those two days, uh, I ate two of my very favorite things in the world, which is uh, New York pizza and New York bagels. Oh, so good. The places that are local to Marco and Tiff, I have eaten from there like three times now. Um, as I visit, this would be the third time that I visit after I visit them in August when I was uh, in New York as well. And I just, I think about that pizza and those bagels more than I should. <laughs> so, just so good. Like, but the thing is, the thing that I'm good at doing, like in my mind, is they are those pizza and bagels. All the other pizza and bagels I have is a different thing. And I can, I'm cool yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I eat these bagels like a few times a week that are called the New York Bagel Company. And they're just like, they're just like a different type of bread and it's round. <laughs> right and i eat them happily like i toast them and it's nice and it's like this is a this is a bagel that comes from a supermarket and i'm totally fine with it and i enjoy it and i put some jam on it and it's great but then when i'm in new york i have these types of bagels and they are a totally different thing entirely um, one of the key differences though for me is i i much prefer and will always go for an everything bagel there mm-hmm. um, because that's the ultimate type of bagel I think I can get behind that, and it's not the point of this particular episode to argue about it, so I'll let that slide. <laughs> What's your favorite bagel? Uh, like you know, base. It, de- it depends. If it's a really, really good bagel place, I would agree that everything is probably the way to go. However, it's easy to mess up an everything bagel. So as an example, we have what is genuinely a very good bagel place very close to us. It is not New York good, but considering that we're hundreds of miles from New York— it is a very good bagel place. They do not do a very good everything bagel. There's mm. a place in Charlottesville, which is an hour west of us. We've spoken about it many times in the past where I used to live. And they do an excellent everything bagel. In fact, they, th- those bagels are far and away the best bagels I've ever had outside of New York. And I think they could stand toe-to-toe with most New York bagels. Um, so, yeah. So, if, it, if not everything, then I go plain. And that's a little boring, but that's the way I like it. And And I agree with you, by the way, that well, mostly. Um, I can have ridiculously bad pizza and really enjoy it, and I can have like the pinnacle New York pizza and 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 just be in heaven. I can even eat Chicago deep dish casserole and enjoy that, but it's hard for me to enjoy a poorly constructed bagel. It's just bagels you got to get right, and most people don't. So that that's tough. But anyway, so you had some bagels, you had some pizza, you, you went to the city, you relaxed, all is well. And we are now, so I guess at, at this point, it's Thursday the 29th. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, the 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 day you know the, our, our second day we were just kind of just chilling, uh, and then the next day we make our road trip, and uh, we drove through a bunch of states. Indeed, more states than I expected. I was I don't really know what I expected, but I didn't expect to drive through so many states. <laughs> I think it was what so it was New York, then New Jersey, uh, then Delaware. You then Baltimore. May, you may have hit Pennsylvania briefly, but I don't think you did. I think you just skirted around okay. Pennsylvania. So yeah, yes. I think we so, did. Oh, we were in it for like a very short period of time. Correct. I think you I, you probably obviously I wasn't in the car with you, but you probably skipped Pennsylvania. And and to your point, it was New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Hmm. Enjoy being in the Tesla for that amount of time. <laughs> it is a fun car for sure. I enjoy those cars a lot. Uh, I got to see the whole supercharger scenario. Yeah, I actually haven't seen... Like, I've seen superchargers, but I've never been part of the supercharging experience. It's just very easy. You just... You you put the thing in, and then it just starts flashing green or whatever to show it's charging, and then you go into the service station, and you have some service station food, and you get a Starbucks coffee, and then you're all done. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's pretty cool stuff. So how long was the drive? What like do you remember roughly when you left? Uh no, but I think it was like like including the stops or whatever, it was between like six and seven hours or something like that. That's not surprising. So for those who aren't from the area, you have to understand that there is one major interstate or highway or what do you call your biggest roads? Is it A roads or M roads? Motorways. Oh, uh a roads. Okay. So No, M roads, M roads, M roads are the biggest ones and then A roads and then B roads. Okay, so it's it's an M road, it's an interstate, it's a, We just call them the motorway though, right. you know. It's a freeway if you're a ridiculous Californian and there's one of them that runs all the way down up and down the east coast. It literally runs from Florida, in fact from Key West if I'm not mistaken, all the way up through Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, um Maryland, Delaware, Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New, uh, either Vermont or New Hampshire, and Maine. Like, it literally goes all the way up the eastern seaboard, and this road is I-95. The problem with this is between uh, the underscores and the armaments, you have Washington, D.C. and all of that traffic. You have Baltimore and all of that traffic. You have uh, Wilmington, Delaware, which is slightly big. You have the outskirts of Philadelphia, all of New Jersey, New York City, and then the armaments. And, well, obviously, I was doing that the wrong direction, but you get the idea. Um, and so... And, uh, if you were to go in the middle of the night when nobody's awake, it's like a probably a four-hour drive. But if you go any time when anyone is awake, it's terrible. It's just a nightmare. And so for you guys to have spent six or seven hours is unsurprising. And this actually kind of becomes relevant to bring this back around because all of us were at the underscores at this point. We had arrived um, after Declan took a kind of crummy nap. So we were there at like two or three, I think. Uh, the the uh, Syracuses had gotten there not too long before us, if memory serves. And we were waiting on the Armants to get in. Um, and we were debating whether or not to have dinner. You know, where are they? Are they late? Are they on time? Uh, and so at one point, I thought, you know, I, I had at some point or another Marco on Find My Friends. And so I opened up Find My Friends to see if I still had Marco on Find My Friends. And I found that Maybe it's when people take the app off their phones. Maybe it's because they don't like me anymore. For whatever reason, it is not uncommon for people to fall off of Find My Friends. And sure enough, it looks, last I looked anyway, like Marco had. And again, I, I, I presume that isn't nefarious or anything. It's just either he uninstalled it or maybe he didn't want me to know where he was all the time, whatever. So I noticed that Marco was not there. And as I'm looking at this, I notice, huh, Mike isn't there either. 
That's kind of weird. Oh, whatever. Oh, poor Casey. You had to find out so much, didn't you, that in such a short space of time. <laughs> right? You know, all of your friends just, just yeah, deserted exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This was, this was probably about half an hour before what ended up happening was you guys arriving. But at the time, I didn't really think much of it. I just thought, oh, that's weird, and then moved on. Um, and so we were waiting to eat, waiting to eat, waiting to eat, and then eventually... We hear a bunch of commotion. Oh, sorry. Well, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> so my point is, so we're kind of waiting around, wondering what's going on. And uh, and then all of a sudden, I hear a bunch of commotion near the front door. So, and do you, well, is there, are there any other opening remarks you'd like to make before I tell my side of the story? This week's episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals a reality for you at home. Every single meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card, which are all beautifully designed, pre-proportioned ingredients that are all kept in these lovely little bags, and it can all be put, these meals can all be prepared in 40 minutes or less. You can customize your recipes each week based on your dietary preferences and choose a delivery option that fits your needs. There's no weekly commitment. You only get deliveries when you want them, and Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental United States. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. As a result, their seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef, chicken, and pork comes from from responsibly raised farms, and produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. One of the great things about services like Blue Apron is the fact that you will be able to learn real skills for cooking. Because their recipe cards are all nicely designed and they have great instructions. And these instructions actually teach you things that you can learn about and use later. So when you're maybe cooking other meals or maybe something that we do, you know, we'll, we'll buy some, uh, some of the previous ingredients and we'll make a meal up again that we enjoyed, you will know everything you need to know about how to cut in certain ways and you'll learn new terms, like, you know, maybe you didn't know what X or Y term is about cooking. Uh, you, and then also you'll start to find yourself wanting to maybe buy some new knives because you think it might be nicer to cut it. You know, these are things that you kind of get into the idea of cooking when you become a Blue Apron customer. And you may have not thought that about yourself until you try it out. And you really should try it out because you can check out this week's menu and get three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Analog. New recipes are created by Blue Apron's culinary team and are not repeated within a year. You'll cook recipes like pork chops and garlic piccata with scallion rice and spinach, sunchoke and egg noodle casserole with kale and gouda mornay sauce, and mushrooms and chipotle pepper enchiladas with lime sour cream. So once again, go to blueapron.com slash analog. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Thank- we like to thank Blue Apron for their support of this show and Relay FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So where we left our heroes uh you were hurtling <laughs> you were hurtling down 95 in a, in a tesla with the armaments mm-hmm. and a dog and a child who was an armament but anyway um you were getting uh hungry and uh antsy i was getting from hungry to hangry and uh and so i hear a bunch of commotion at the front door and 
I hear probably Tiff or Marco. I don't remember who it was, but I think, okay, the good they're here, you know, and, and I'm excited to see them. And I and I look up and I see that that Marco is like holding his camera up in front of his face. And I thought, well, that's weird. Or it's holding his camera, holding his phone up in front of his face. And I thought that's weird. And he's holding it in landscape. And I thought, well, okay, he's filming. Why? And then as I'm trying to like figure this out, I look to my right and things don't make sense anymore. <laughs> so I am hiding uh, like I'm crouching down behind Tiff and Marco as we walk up the path. Uh, and uh, I believe that Adina is doing the same. Quite honestly, I don't remember. And uh, the door is opened and we're greeted and like, we say hello to the underscores very quietly. You know, everyone's doing their best to be quiet about that. Um, and, and then I see you in the distance and I pop my head up and I say, surprise. Hey guys. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in Romania. <laughs> I don't think I even heard that. I mean, not to say it didn't happen. I just I don't think I even heard it because as, as this is happening, I'm thinking Marco is filming this. That's super weird. Okay. And I think I like subconsciously tried to take stock of the situation because obviously something is is well, not awkward, but like a miss. And I looked to my right, which would which you know from your angles to the left, and I and I see something that's very out of place, and I'm confused. And then I think about it for a second, and then I realize what's happening, and. I remember immediately getting choked up and and you've given me a preview uh. of the of the vlog episode that um uh-huh. that that you'll be putting up. And if you watch, you'll see my hand go to my mouth and that's completely involuntary, completely mm. not like deliberate. It's cuz I was losing my junk. And then <laughs> I go running up and give you this huge hug. You do. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, I am. I'm working on a vlog, um, and I'm hoping it will be up kind of around this time the episode's posted. If not, uh, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. It'll be up very quickly, after, not too long after the episode is posted. Like I'm working on it. I've got. We have video footage. The video. The, what Marco was doing was recording video for me for the vlog um, of this moment kind of unfolding. And you gave me the biggest hug you've ever given. Me. <laughs> uh, one of us maybe nearly knocked the teeth out of the other one. Probably. I was. I have to say, like, as we were getting close, I was like vibrating with excitement. <laughs> I was so excited, like, especially because we were pulling into to their street, the underscore street. It's like at that point, I knew I'd succeeded. Right, that we got there, yeah, we got yeah. all the way, and nobody like you didn't know, and and Aaron didn't know, and uh, and it was just it was brilliant. And one of my favorite things in the video is how you react when you see Adina. I don't know if like it was the you had only just kind of realized she was there. Like I I couldn't really like when you watch it, that's how it seems. Like that you were just so taken aback that you hadn't really put two and two together. No, I had kind of like scream and grab her and that's so it's so funny. It's so funny because it's like there is another person in like just in your field of vision, but you haven't yet nope. kind of worked out that they're even standing nope, there. Not a bit. Because what it was 
it, this sounds ridiculous, but it was really one of those moments where, you know, I'm looking at Marco. I, I think I'd seen Tiff out of the corner of my eye. I think I'd seen Adam out of the corner of my eye in, in Hops. And and I knew that, that Dave and Lauren were at the front door letting you guys in. But then I look over and I see you and it was like the rest of the world disappeared. And I ran over and gave you a big hug and I'm still processing what's happening. And, and I wasn't, I didn't have the presence of mind at the moment to think to myself, oh, Adina must be here as well. And then I think, I don't remember if it's that I did process it and went looking for her. I mean, this all happened in a f- flash. And so I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't recording in my brain, you know, I wasn't prepared and tried to take note of everything that was going through my head. But, um, but at one point I either thought to myself, wait a second, Adina should be here. Or I looked up and saw her and then I lost my junk all over again. Cause I was, because I was so excited to see her because I'd never met Adina. And, and so I get my recollection. And then what you see on the video is uh, assuming we, we can, you know, clean it up and get it posted. It is that, uh, I, I lose my junk and I think I screamed like, Oh, S word or something like that. And then I gave her a big hug, which probably startled her and she probably didn't want, but that's okay. Um, because I, I couldn't believe that the two of you were there. I, I still, to this moment, can't believe that the two of you were there. I even got a hug from John Syracuse. That's serious business right there. Yeah, because he's surprised too. It was only in watching the video, because I've watched the video back, um, but I was watching it back for your reaction. Right, and right. And it was in it, it kind of doing, looking at it more seriously for the editing that I can see how surprised John is too, <laughs> uh, which was which was very funny. Um and it was just it was it was really hilarious that like as we were driving on our way, we all kind of realized poor John. You know, he didn't. He didn't ask for this. You know, oh, he's, as I say, he was he was collateral damage in the whole thing. Right, right. And Tina too. Um, and it, look at the end of the. See, this is the thing, right? I was so excited to meet Aaron and Declan. Mm-hmm. Right, like so excited for that because this has been such a long time coming. But I was totally just wrapped up in surprising you mm-hmm. that. I got like an extra thing when I arrived, which was just like the additional realization of that. Right, if that makes right, right. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my my whole time was just focused on doing my best to break you. Right, <laughs> that's what this was all for. This was to, to the moment where your brain couldn't process what was occurring. There was initially discussion of trying to surprise you in a different way like not us walking in the house Mm -hmm. but like me being somewhere oh god so for example it was at one point floated that i was going to be in the trunk of the armament's car (laughs) now i wasn't too keen on this idea because i was worried that you might have a heart attack uh you're a healthy man but that can that can do something to someone but we were batting around some ideas but originally ended up just going with how about we just walk through the door uh, yeah, it was, it the, was the one that we 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 were really hoping that we could maybe arrive first was another one mm-hmm. that we were considering that I would just be in the house when you arrived. I would have and died. kind of just be like, "Hey, buddy!" <laughs> oh my god, I would have died. Uh, no, it was it was amazing. It, it, you know, Aaron has gotten some really good surprises on me uh, over the years. You know, we've been together a long time now. I mean, we're, this year actually is our 10-year wedding anniversary. Um, she has gotten me with some unbelievably good surprises. Um, this one, though, ranks right up in that neck of the woods. I, I was, like I said earlier, it wasn't that I, I didn't even have an 
inkling. It wasn't even on my radar. You could say that you flew under the radar. Anyway, um, I had I hadn't the faintest idea that this was going to happen, and nobody gave me even a hint. And the funny thing was, you know, not so long after you arrived, and I kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, we were talking uh, with the underscores, and and at one point the underscores were looking to set the dinner table, and we're talking about how many people were there. And I'm pretty sure they said that there were going to be like, I think the number might have been 16 people or something like that. Yep. And at the time, I thought to my, I remember thinking to myself, wow, that seems like a lot. Eh, whatever. And didn't even think twice about it. But apparently, uh, Dave and Lauren were like, oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, no, you mean 14 people. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Of course. 14 <laughs> is exactly what I meant. And I'm sitting there like a buffoon just completely oblivious to all this so this was the type of thing where like that is nothing right but if you had had any suspicion oh yeah that was game over oh yeah right like if we hadn't all been so careful like all of us Mm -hmm. um like my understanding was the underscore children were, were were told like about everything and were told like don't mention it and they did an incredible job to not not even slip up the obviously the only ones to slip up were the underscore adults <laughs> children were fine yeah they, they really were and you have to understand um their kids are, are pretty darn young um and and it would not have been at all unreasonable for them to completely innocently say like just mention oh, something yeah like yeah. oh when are mike and adina coming or oh when is the surprise happening or something along those lines like not mm-hmm. that they're unintelligent kids by any stretch of the imagination it's just they're kids for gosh sakes so it would not have been unreasonable yeah like we had to take all of these additional measures to ensure that no adults said anything right so yeah like that that was all amazing that everyone was able to to keep it quiet like that i also have to say erin erin is as lovely as I would have imagined. Oh, that's very that's very, very nice of you to say. She is very nice to talk to, um, and I enjoyed spending time with her. We'll talk about this in a moment, because I believe you have some, some summary thoughts when, it, when we do get finished. Uh, I wish that we could have spent more time together, and I look forward mm-hmm. greatly to the next time that we meet. Mm-hmm. I say this because I have seen many pictures of your son. <laughs> okay. And I know... From looking at the pictures, how cute he is. Thank you. You cannot be prepared for when you meet him. He is just stunning. Oh, thank like, you. He like the che- cheeks. <laughs> they oh my god! Miles. Oh my god! I could just you could just you know when you just want to grab the face. Yep. I'm sure you do this quite yep. a lot. You know, you just, he's so cute. Oh my god, he's so cute. Oh, well, thank you. You two did a very good job. Very good job. Well, there. well, I appreciate it. He takes after his mother in many ways, and I think at one point, either you or Dina, I thought it was one of you two, said to me, "Oh my god, he really does look just like Aaron." <laughs> it wasn't me, but it, he, it I mean, I can it. see. I mean, look, like. With your smile, right? Like, it's it's just game over, man. Like, that kid, Athena said this to me at one point, that kid is just, he's going to break hearts. Well, I hope so in the good he won't, he won't even mean to. He won't mean to. Yeah, He'll we'll just see. be walking down the street and his hearts will be broken <laughs> left and right. We'll yeah, see. he's... Well, I appreciate it. Uh, no, it was it was unbelievably, unbelievably awesome to be able to meet Adina. And, you know, I think she and I had spoken like once or twice very briefly, very, very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I feel like I know her to some degree because of the shows she's been on. And, you know, it, it, I'm trying to think figure out a way to not sound like snooty in saying this, but I'm, I'm just going to go for it. 
it's not unusual for someone to meet Mike or me or any of our peers and say, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm talking to you or, you know, that, that you're here, that, that you're a real person. You're not just in my headphones. But the thing of it is, is that that still happens to us as well. Like when mm-hmm. I met Gray for the first time at WWDC and when I met Adina a few days ago, like between talking to you about all these things that you and Adina do and between the vlog and between hearing her on shows, I feel like I know Adina. She is the star of the vlog, by the way. This oh, is a, without this question. This is a thing recently. Uh, this, I started calling her the star of the vlog and then she wasn't in the last one and then people were asking where she was. <laughs> and she is the complete star of the current one. Oh, it's, that's accurate. It. Yeah, it's very true. Just plastered. Yep, and it's as, as it should be with respect. Um, but it was so unbelievably cool and fun to meet Adina. And, and the thing that struck me about talking with Adina and... Here again, I hope this comes out the way I mean it, but she reminded me in, in personality a lot of Aaron. And and we were having a conversation, the four of us, um, and you know, other people were coming in and out of the conversation, but it was largely the four of us. We were talking about like the whole uh getting married and 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 um mm-hmm. and, and planning a wedding and all that. And you were talking about some ideas that, that that you guys had with regard to that. And at one point I said to the two of you, you know, here's the thing. It's really Adina's wedding and Mike, you're just along for the ride. And I don't mean that in the like, oh, the girl should plan it. I don't want to be involved way. I mean that in the, this day is, is in my mind anyway, like when we got married, it was Aaron's day and I was supposed to help out as much as possible. I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to not make an idiot out of myself, but really it's Aaron's day. And what was striking to me and this, and I bring this up just as a, as a specific example, what was striking to me was Adina immediately said after I said this, well, that's not true. It's our day. And okay. On the surface, anyone, any nice person would say that. Right. But, but the, the, she was almost, she looked to me to be almost bothered by the implication that it would it would not be at least half your day. I, I, again, I hope this is coming out the way I intended. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I get but it. it, it and it, it just reminded me so much of Aaron because not only did Aaron say, yeah, totally, you know, that's exactly how I felt. But even before Aaron said that, I thought, wow, that is exactly how Aaron did and would re- or would and did react to, to somebody saying that same thing to her. And and that's not the only reason that Adina reminded me of Aaron, in, 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 again, in the most excellent way possible. But it was like this perfect, like, bite-sized example of, of, of how th- she reminded me so much of Aaron. And, and you know, I, I don't know if, maybe I shouldn't tell the secret out loud, but I kind of like Aaron a little bit. So, so if Adina reminded me of Aaron, that's a pretty high compliment. There's also, you know, the, the idea that the, the women in your life have no problem challenging you. That's absolutely you know, true. Just immediately call you out and just be like, no, man, what's wrong with you? Yeah, the two of them were like, <laughs> uh, no. They were pretty much ganging up on me immediately. Um, but uh, it was just, it was so, so unbelievably lovely getting to spend time with Adina. And and we'll talk about this a little more uh, toward the end. But I, I I am unbelievably thankful and, and overjoyed that I got to spend time with you two. And yet I feel like I saw you for 10 minutes. And, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. a little bit about why later on. But all in all, before we go any further, I just want to make it absolutely plain that this was a tremendous surprise and an unbelievable gift that, that the two of you particularly, but also the Arments and the Underscores, um, did for all of us, but for me. And and I am deeply, deeply uh, appreciative of all six of you guys. 
uh, well, and actually including the kids and, and hops, I guess. So all of you guys um, for, for, for taking the time and energy and, and most of all thought to, to make this happen and make it such an unbelievably good surprise. It was, it was extremely fun and I'm so glad it happened. I think we're all pretty proud of ourselves, yeah, to be you honest. You should be. You should be. All right, so that was, what was that, Thursday? No, Friday. Friday evening. Mm-hmm. So we had dinner, mm-hmm. and then uh, we had to retreat to our hotel room to put the toddler to bed. Uh, Saturday, we woke up relatively early, and... This is New Year's Eve. We correct. Had, like, a whole big day planned. And you say, rel- we are up very early. We are up very early. Uh, I think I was awake at, like, 6.30. Yeah, which for vacation is pretty aggressive. But the reason for was... For any day. <laughs> for any day for me. Fair enough. Um, so the reason we were up so early is because uh, the underscores had come up with a schedule, which again, I loved, and I was so thankful they did. But they had come up with a schedule um, where the guys were going to go to Cars and Coffee up in D.C. Um, in the morning and then get breakfast. Then the guys would come back. We would rendezvous with the girls. And then the girls would go out to lunch and the guys would the girls would go out to lunch and the guys would um, stay b- behind and, and, you know, take care of the kids. And uh, then we'd all come back together in the evening. And so uh, we went back and forth about how to do it, but we eventually worked out uh, that we would all pile in underscores Tesla and go to cars and coffee, which was like 20, 30 minutes away from his place. Um, you have to understand that in the, in this neck of the woods, uh, it's all called either Kate's, I think it's Kate's cars and coffee because it's at like Kate's coffee shop. It's either Kate or Katie. I forget. Um, but it's legendary in the in the mid Atlantic in the air in this area for just having unbelievable cars. And Marco yep. has been to both the Richmond one once, or and I think Marco had been to the Richmond one. Yes, he had. Um, and 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 underscore had been to the Richmond one, and both underscore and I had been to to Katie's Cars and Coffee, or Kate's Cars and Coffee. Um, but Syracuse had not been to it. You had not been to it. In fact, I don't think you guys had been to any Cars and Coffee before. Um, And so it was really fun to be able to kind of show you guys around and show you all these different cars. So what did you think of Cars and Coffee? So I don't have a driving license or a driver's license. Yes, we gave you you a lot of crap about that. (sighs) They call driving licenses where I'm from, okay? I wouldn't call them anything else. Anyhow, uh, I don't have a a driver's license, (laughs) but I have always liked cars and and you know there was a time in my life where i was obsessed with cars um but kind of between the age of like 15 to 18 i read i read top gear magazine for example like, i don't think i knew like, that i knew you liked them but i don't think i knew that i, I had a subscription to top gear well magazine uh, and i would read that so I, I was trying to do my level best at showing my knowledge of cars <laughs> to the rest of you uh, because I didn't want to be just like seen as the person who was had to have his hand held throughout right, this right. whole process. You know, as I say, a devout listener of neutral, and not just because you. you were all on it. I like I like that level of car conversation now, where it's relatively uh, mid level. I guess it's not like super high level, but it's not in the nuts and bolts because that's the part that I'm not interested in. But uh, I know what I like, and I know what I like to look at, and there are questions that I had. But um, I genuinely had a great morning. Um, it was really fun to look around some of the cars. Uh, it was great to see two white BMWs parked next to each other, and I have a picture of you, <laughs> uh, which I will put in the show notes so people can appreciate just how majestic you look um, uh-huh. next to cars uh, that are fit for you. 
mm-hmm. um, in their own way. One of them even had uh, white wheels. Oh, which was so bad. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, yeah, it was it was really fun, and th- there was some, there was some just crazy machines there. Like, I mean, the, the usual ones that that would I guess be crazy at something like this, like American Muscle Cars, some description or something that has been souped up in a tasteful way. Right, mm-hmm, there were things mm-hmm. that are souped up in untasteful ways, <laughs> but but then there were also like. A, a smattering of Ferraris, mm-hmm. a Lamborghini, um, a Lamborghini. There a were of a Jags. few Jags. Yep, uh, I mean, including of, an uh, E-type yeah, of ja- what is it? Jaguars? Is that right? Jaguar. Yep. Okay. Jaguar. Yeah, they're not Jaguars, mind you. They're Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And there <laughs> were uh, yeah, so there was an E-type, so a classic Jag. There was a new Jags. Uh, there were a bunch of Shelbys. Um, including, I believe, and uh, was it, and what do they call it? The um, the Cobra. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got it's got a number to it as well. I don't remember what it is. Four twenty seven, probably. Yep. There we go. Um, what else were we treated to? There was a Rolls Royce parked off somewhere in the corner, which was really peculiar. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, and, and it's also kind of funny to to roll up into this thing in in a not too cheap tesla either you know this was a this was a very ex- expensive car that we all you know climbed out of we were all s- kind of stuffed in there but uh it was it was cool it was a lot of fun i was that I was, car is not appreciated in that environment i don't think eh, to some degree it is like you'll find that it, that the cars and coffee in richmond teslas will park in the in the like show area if you will um yeah because that's the thing right so we parked in the parking lot but the parking lot parking lot not the show parking lot where right. you get to like show off your car right, right there are right. a couple of different places to park and one of them is is a place to show off and one of them is a place to just get out of your car exactly uh no it's it's it, it's so that cars and coffee is actually not that terribly big um i would say there were maybe 100 200 cars um but the interesting thing about it and, and i believe both underscore and marco corroborated this was that it's a different caliber of car than I'm used to in Richmond. Like there are some unbelievably great cars in Richmond and there are some Italians. There's, you know, a bunch of relatively rare cars, but generally speaking, the cars and coffee is, you know, uh, mostly standard, but nice, like very nice BMWs and very nice Audis and very nice Jaguars and things of that nature and some older cars, but you don't see the like, uh, Bugatti Veyrons. No, we didn't either in this particular instance, but just for the sake of discussion, you wouldn't probably see a Veyron at the Richmond Cars and Coffee. And from what I understand, it is not unusual to see one at Katie's Cars and Coffee up in up in the D.C. area. And yeah, and that's because, you know, there's a bunch of money up in the D.C. area. So, right. That's probably why there aren't as many cars there at the same time, because right. I would imagine that, um, you know, if we were maybe at the Richmond one, then maybe we would have parked the Tesla in sure, full view sure. because it's a more exotic car when right. the standard of car, maybe lower isn't the right word, but it's maybe not as high totally. is a better word, you know? Yep, absolutely right. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was cold that morning, I will say. Um, 
which was a little bit unfortunate, but I mean, it is the end of the year in, in Virginia, which does, believe it or not, get chilly. So we spent, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half rolling around there and then uh, went and got uh, some food at the Silver Diner, uh, which is a diner mm-hmm. chain uh, in this neck of the woods. Uh, we have one actually uh, not too far away from where I live here in Richmond, and I've never had a good experience there, but I actually thought it was great, uh, not only because of the company, but uh, I thought it was really good. The food was great. Uh, the service was pretty good. Um it, and and you got some good American diner food. It was very good American diner food. In fact, didn't you and I have the exact same meal? If memory serves, we did. We yep. did. We I had uh, pancakes and bacon and scrambled eggs, and it was fantastic. Yep. Like a champion. Yeah, it was so good. And it was what halfway through the meal before anybody, including John, remembered that it was his birthday. Yes, in fact, it was me. It was me <laughs> that remembered. So John Syracuse was born on uh, New Year's Eve, and uh, and I had thought to myself the night prior, "Oh, you've got to remember it's John's birthday and wish him a happy birthday tomorrow." And then, um, like you said, it wasn't until about halfway through the, the through the meal that I don't remember. But we'd been together for at least two hours at that point, all of us. Yeah, I I don't recall why it was that i thought of it but all of a sudden it occurred to me oh holy crap well, i think it was because john um said that he didn't have his wallet on him so mm-hmm. somebody had to pay for him or oh, something yeah. mm-hmm. we were talking about like settling up yep yep um and then you then said oh it's your birthday <laughs> indeed so yeah i think you're right i think that's what cued me off on it so at least i remembered and the best part about it though was john was like wait is it Yes. Yes, it is. You're right. And then got his phone out of his pocket. To check the date. Looked at his phone and then knew it was his birthday. Yep. Oh, John. So anyway, so yeah, so we had a lovely breakfast and uh, we got to hang out together. And then we went back to the underscores uh, not too long later. I disappeared with Declan to go back to the hotel room for him to attempt to nap. And uh, I guess you stuck around with the guys. The ladies went out for lunch. And then we all um, came back together uh, a couple hours later and uh, hung out for a little bit, and then uh, went on a field trip. But we can talk about that after we talk about something that's awesome. This week's episode is also brought to you by Linode, a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute, with plans starting at just $10 a month, which will get you 2 gigabytes of RAM for your virtual server. You'll be able to choose your resources, Linux distro, and node location right from the manager tool. And then once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. Linode is great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and so much more. And with industry-leading native SSD storage and access to a 40 gigabit network, you'll have all the power you need to get your tasks done. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll be getting $20 towards any Linode plan with a seven-day money-back guarantee. There is nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash analog. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash A-N-A-L-O-G-U-E. To learn more, you can go there, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code ANALOG2017ANALOG2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their continued support of Analog and Relay FM. Did you like the end? Did you like that? I put a bit of extra on it yeah, for it was you a little, little, uh, little extra on the end there, a little, a little pixie dust, if you will. Radio presenter. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a host mic. Also, it's a driver's license. Anyway, mm-hmm, so we went mm-hmm. on a, <laughs> we went on a field trip um, in the greater Washington D.C. area. Well, actually, I guess I should say specifically within Washington D.C. There are um, there are the Smithsonian museums, which are all free to enter, um, and there's several of them, and they're unbelievably good. And then there's a kind of annex of the uh, Smithsonian's Air and Space Museum uh, called the, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, the Udvar Hazy, 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 I don't know, uh, Air and Space Museum, something like that. And it's over right next to Dulles. And uh, I remember commenting to you on the way in as we went to this museum, oh, what are you going to tell your friends when you get back to London about your vacation? Oh, yes, you know, we decided we wanted to have fun on vacation. So we went uh, back to the airport. <laughs> to hang out <laughs> because that is basically what you did because this hangar is on the uh, this hangar is on the uh, Dulles property and we went at like four in the evening um, to look around this hangar that has some truly amazing machinery within it so um, did you know what to expect really or were you just kind of walking in blind no I had no idea I knew there was a space shuttle there which is why I wanted to go there because I'd never seen one mm-hmm. so I knew that was there um, and when we walked in in uh you saw a plane that i knew to be called the sr-71 right which is the sr-71 blackbird Mm -hmm. um i knew very little about this plane Uh, my understanding was that the sr-71 blackbird was a radar like a, a stealth fighter or a stealth plane that was my understanding of it I think there's some truth to that. It was it wasn't a, a fighter at all, and it wasn't stealth. Well, no, no, no. It certainly wasn't. A well, this is all the information that I picked up from Professor Syracuse. Uh, John, <laughs> it's exactly right. It was incredible. John uh, was teaching me many things um, about like American aviation, uh, especially like planes used in battle, um, and this was one of them. Um, and we were talking through it a bit, and this was before, like, kind of the stealth planes that we know today, right, um, and right. the way that this was stealthy mostly was that it flew higher than any radar could detect. Right. It wasn't how we know stealth planes to be today with all the crazy right angles on them, so the radar just bounces off them, uh, or whatever it is, the technology that they have these days. But my understanding from, from John's lesson was that it flew higher than radar, um, so and also it flew so fast that it was actually faster than any surface-to-air missile. So that was kind of what made this plane what it is. Um, and the great thing about the SR-71 is it was built by an incredibly small team. Uh, the term Skunk Works was was uh, first used here. This was the first ever Skunk Works project at Lockheed. Uh, we, now we know that term to be a small team going off and working on something. Well, they did it with the Blackbird for the first time, even as a a, a skunk on the back of it, like on the tail. Wink. <laughs> um, and it was incredible to see this incredibly large machine, which is only operated by two people. Um, and yourself and Marco and John especially were just like drooling over this. Like we're just so excited to see it. Um, and yeah, it was it was really fun to kind of learn a little bit about that um, and walk around. And, and uh, we saw the other one. What is the other plane that costs like a trillion dollars? Oh, the one that was over in the back? Yeah, it's the the Lockheed plane that's still being made. The F thirty five. I'm sure I get that wrong. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, I'll try to do some real time follow up. But um, no, I think I do have that right. Um, it's the F thirty five, which is the new like um, do anything for anyone fighter jet. That you're talking about the one yeah. that did like the vertical take or the short takeoff vertical landing. I believe is how it works. 
Yeah, and we're kind of talking about that one because it's like it's been going on forever. Yeah, Wikipedia says uh, $1.5 trillion dollars oh, through to 2070 in uh, in then-year dollars. Aye. Yeah, so ridiculous. So for, anyway, for something that's not finished yet. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun and interesting to hear about all of that uh, as well. And then we were kind of because we kind of did a, a lap, and we were walking around, and somebody pointed out a plane in the distance with a big R. Adina pointed it out to me first because she kind of went on a little walk, and an R with a circle around it, right on the tail, on like the yeah on the, the tail wing. I was like, oh, it looks like the Relay logo. Like, how funny. So we kind of walked over there and, and uh, we like walked to where... So you could kind of... We walked down the side of it and there were a bunch of planes obscure, obscuring this plane except for the tail wing. So uh, I had a picture in front of the tail wing because we thought that was a funny thing. And as we walked around just a little bit further, uh, we found out that this was the a plane called the Anula Gay. I knew very little about the Anula Gay um, and this was something that I... When again, when it explained to me what that plane was, I knew what it was um, immediately. The Enola Gay uh, was the plane that dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Uh, it was also used um, during the bombing of Nagasaki as well. Uh, so it was used in both flights, but it was carrying um, the atomic bomb that was used to be dropped on Hiroshima. And uh, so there's a couple of things. One, uh, I felt like an idiot. Um, for having a photo taken in front of this plane. And also, I found this to be a very um, upsetting thing Yep. in general. Yep. Um, and I understand why it deserves to be in a museum uh, because few aircrafts have been so historically monumental makes perfect sense to be in a museum in the same way that one of my favorite museums um in in the world the imperial war museum in in london they have nazi uniform there um, and they have ss uniform and they have all of that there because whilst you don't particularly want to look at it um it's historically very important for these things to exist uh but the, the kind of the other thing about the other gay and i don't want to put my views on anybody else here it kind of felt weird to me to know that like it is a celebrated thing like the plane is a, a celebrated aircraft as as part of the the ending of the second world war and i appreciate that right like i appreciate that this is a piece of machinery that helped stop that war but it's also really weird to look at something and realize how many lives it ended yep and uh, I felt really weird about seeing this plane. Like, I'm not beating myself up about not knowing about something. Um, if I would have found out this was Dianola Gay and then had that picture taken with this plane, with it, like, the, the R in the background behind me, as if it's, like, a fun relay thing, if I would have found out about that after... If I would have found about that and then taken that picture, then I'm an idiot, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had no way of knowing, um, and you know, I, I apologize for uh, the knowledge that I didn't have. Um, and I maybe I should know more about things like this, and, and should have should have paid more attention. Um, but it just what it's just been sitting with me in a really weird and uncomfortable way since 
just the thought of this vehicle, like this aircraft, and it being in this building now, um, and that people go there and they look at it, uh, it I, don't, I just don't like it. Yeah, it's... So I've been to the the Uderhese Museum a few times. In fact, most recently with the underscores when we had visited uh, just our two families. Um, and the first time I saw it, it, and maybe it's just because I really thought it through. Like this time, I didn't think much about it, but I was just running around looking at all the different planes and trying to keep up with Declan. And you know, I was preoccupied. But particularly the first time I saw the Enola Gay, I was. I was deeply struck by it because it is both something that, like you said, you could argue we should be very proud of, we being Americans, um, should be very proud of, but also something we should deeply, deeply regret. And it's a very weird contradiction contradiction and just juxtaposition of both of those feelings. And it's also interesting to some degree because it's, almost kind of just another plane in the building like the space shuttle is off in its own little wing and it's it's all celebrated and it's very obvious that this is something special and the enola gay uh, special kind of has a connotation of being good but it's certainly special you know what i mean it's 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 unique maybe is a better word to use and it's just kind of sitting there not really any different than any of the other planes around it. And that's kind of weird. Like I almost wish there was a little bit more deference to, to the destruction and pain and death that it caused, but there's no real way to make this right. You know, and I think you were kind of saying this a minute ago, there's no way to, to, there's no way to have this visible in a museum and also pay the respects you really should to these tons and tons of people that perished, these civilians that perished, because of this this machine and it's a very very weird feeling and it's important and i recommend everyone going to see it but i completely agree with you mike this particular time i didn't think much of it because i wasn't paying as much attention to it but the first time i went i was also struck in a very similar way and it's a very peculiar feeling now the another gay is around the corner from one of my favorite aircraft of all time which is concord Um, this was one of um the concord models there were there were a handful uh, this one was um, was donated to the museum from Air France. Uh, Concorde is operated by Air France and British Airways. Um, if you do not know, Concorde was the commuter plane, the, the passenger plane, that was able uh, to break the spa- sound barrier. Um, I grew up um, very familiar with Concorde. Concorde was a... A mainstay idea in my childhood. People knew about Concorde. They spoke about Concorde. And, Casey, I used to hear it. Did you? I didn't know that. Yep. You could hear it in London. You knew when Concorde was going because it made this crack. It was just incredible. It was this horrific in a great way, sound. Just this, like, rumble. Like, this just super loud noise. It it was like, you know when you were near an airport? Like, close to an airport? Mm-hmm. Like, very close. Like, in an airport, right? Like, 
but but you're outside and you hear a plane. It's like that sound, but you're on the ground <laughs> and it's in the sky and you're nowhere near an airport. It, it it was just this awesome thing in my life and everybody knew about it and everybody spoke about it and it was like a what would you do if you win the lottery type thing. You go take a trip on Concord. And I remember when it was when the program was put to, to bed because they it was became more and more expensive to run um as it became more and more expensive to run uh it also became harder to replace and repair them and they started to take concords out of commission um then they started to kind of run into disrepair a little bit so they would use the out of commission ones to to for parts because there wasn't enough money left in the program for new parts and then there were some uh some horrific accidents uh, and then they, they got rid of the program. Now, one of the things that upsets me the most about the Concord program is I know this is something that I would have done in my life. Um, I would have saved up the money now. I would probably save up for like two years and do it. Because air travel has become a big part of my life. Uh, and... I greatly value any time I'm able to improve my air travel experience in some way. Um, and it makes me happy. Like we were able to get an upgrade using some air miles that I had for the flight home. And I greatly enjoy that luxury when I'm able to take advantage of it. So the ultimate in, in plane luxury, flying Concord, you know, these seats like 10 grand or something. I would have I would have saved up the money and, and done that as like a bucket list item. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me sad that it doesn't exist anymore. Now, I do understand that there is uh, one airline that is looking into doing this again. Uh like that that there is ideas of of a plane coming back to break the sound barrier. Like that is something is to fly uh, faster than the speed of sound. That is I I can't remember where I read about this recently, but I did read about it, that, that there is an airline that is looking into it. If anybody has a link for that, I would greatly appreciate it. So we can maybe use it as follow-up in a later episode. I've tried finding it and can't, and I'm sure it wasn't a dream. Real-time follow-up. Return to service plan. In September 2015, Club Concord was, was announced. It That's odd English. I'm reading off Wikipedia. Was announced it had secured over 160 million pounds to return an aircraft to service. The organization aims to buy the Concorde currently on display at Labe. Bourget, Bourget, I'm I'm not a French speaker, I'm sorry, uh, at, at the Le Bourget Airport, the tentative date of 2019 has been put forward for the return flight 50 years after its maiden journey. That was not the one I was thinking of, but that's incredible to hear. I didn't know that was the case. I actually heard of a new program, like a new plane being built to oh, do this. Oh, interesting, okay. Um, I'm very interested uh, in the Concorde coming back more than anything else, honestly, because that's the actual plane. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. I mean, where was this? Uh, while, sub, while subsonic commercial jets took eight hours to fly from New York to Paris, the average supersonic flight time on the transatlantic routes was just under three and a half hours. That's nuts. So, so here's the great thing, right? Oh, it was Virgin. Yes. Yep, it's Virgin. 
Yeah, thank you so much to Kathy in the chat room for providing me with a link to this. It makes sense that it would be them, right? Because this could be kind of like a, I don't know, like a like a byproduct of some of the space stuff that they're working on. Mm-hmm. But they're working on a plane uh, which is expected to be in 2023. And they're saying that a price of a flight between London and New York is probably going to be uh, around 2,500 pounds, which is incredibly affordable compared. Um, yeah. And they're calling it Boom. Of course, as in Sonic Boom. Yeah. Which is, again, it's like, I mean, I understand why Branson wants to do this because he grew up in, I mean, I'm sure he flew it a bunch of times. Um, It is a special, special thing uh, to me. And I'm excited for the idea of maybe in my lifetime now flying Concorde or restore Concorde, which I would do. Maybe if it had a few successful flights. <laughs> uh, but I would 100% fly this Virgin-made plane. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, it was really neat to see. And um, it, as I was saying to you, and I think Marco, um, if you find yourselves in New York again, the Enterprise, or excuse me, not the Enterprise, the Intrepid, um, which is an aircraft carrier that has now been turned into a floating museum that's off um, the western edge of Manhattan, uh, they have a Concorde, and the last time I was on it, which admittedly was a long time ago, you could actually board the Concorde, and everything was plexiglassed off, but you could walk down the main uh, like uh, alley or aisle, that's what I'm looking for, the main aisle, and you can see what it was like, and you can see where, I believe they had like a little readout of your current airspeed on the bulkhead, so you could see how fast you were going. It's it's super cool. So, uh, next time you visit the Armaments, I would recommend it. Uh, Boeing and Lockheed Martin are also developing their own supersonic aircraft. Fancy. So one of the great things about like flying from London to New York City in one of these is you arrive before you leave. It's so weird. Because of the time zone. So weird. Oh, my. So I look forward to making trips in in a handful, a small handful of hours. It took us like... It was like eight hours to get from London to New York to do it in three. That's life changing, man. Yeah. That makes a big difference. I could commute. You would be nuts and you would be broke, but you could do it. It is hypothetically possible. We also saw sort of space shuttle discovery. Um, I don't know a ton about the discovery. I would like to apologize uh, to the hosts of Liftoff and Relay FM. Um, but it was really cool to see a space shuttle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's super impressive. Like all of this is super impressive and, and it's such a cool museum. And especially, I think parking is expensive unless you go late in the day, which is what we did, but the museum itself is free and it's such an unbelievably cool museum. And I I was glad that, um, I was glad that we had a little bit of activity outside of the house as well as in the house to like keep the day flowing. Um, but it was really nice also to just spend time with everyone and, and you know to to eat together. You know the Lauren particularly, but Dave and Lauren had had made some really great meals, and mm-hmm. you know had kind of like little buffets sort of situations where you would put together you know like um, you know, chili for example, and and it was super awesome. And they're they're just super gracious, amazing. Well, people, but I was going to say hosts, but people in general. Um, and it was fun. And you know we uh, it, we the Lisses had to leave 
off and on because we knew that even though there was the physical space in, in the underscore's house for Declan to, to nap or even to sleep and for us to sleep overnight, we knew it wasn't going to be a good idea because he wouldn't be able to sleep. For better or for worse, he's used to a very quiet house. He's used to having his own space and whatnot. And not to say that the kid's a little prima donna, but he's he doesn't know any better at this age. And so we had you know gotten a, a hotel room about ten minutes away. And and the, the unfortunate thing is, you know, Declan is is the youngest kid there by like two years, and so he's still in a in a time when when napping and sleeping well is not that it's not important for older kids but it's super important for him and so we had to disappear a lot which was a which was a real bummer but the time that we did get to spend with you with well not just you and adina but but with everyone was was awesome and i'm so thankful that we were able to spend all that time with everyone yeah it was it was a shame that we can all be together constantly you know like for the time that we were together um, like it was sad when I had to see you leave, um, but I say the balance of it was good. Uh, you know, like the re- the rest of New Year's, um, you say we're hanging out some more. Um, we celebrated New Year's in GMT together, yes. which was nice for me. Which is an underscore family tradition. Yeah. So, uh, so Dave's God, I should know this. I'm gonna get it wrong, and I'm sorry, Dave. I should know this, but uh, it's either Dave's dad or his mom. One of them is British. One of them is South African, if memory serves. And I always get it wrong which one is which. And I'm such a terrible friend, and I'm sorry. God, I'm genuinely embarrassed right now. But anyway, um, so there's some amount of, of I don't know if allegiance is the word I'm looking for, but but there's there's a tie, right, to the underscores, to celebrating uh, the GMT New Year. And this works out super well for the kids because GMT New Year on the East Coast is seven in the evening. <laughs> and so that we did a kind of a big uh, Happy New Year celebration. Uh, we were watching the BBC broadcast, uh, thanks to the license fee that you pay. Um, we, and so we watched the BBC broadcast and, uh, and, and did Happy New Year's and the kids had sparkling cider and we all had a little bit of champagne and, and we did that all at seven and you know, we kept Declan up a little late. So we, were, uh, so we were able to see that and celebrate with everyone, which was really fun. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, you had to depart. Right. Uh, but we then spent some time playing board games. And uh, as New Year struck, we were playing Settlers of Catan. <laughs> and nobody stopped nice. to celebrate. Uh, I, I did a little countdown. I saw I had my watch. I had five, four, three, two, one. I said, Happy New Year. Everyone said, Happy New Year. And we carried on playing. Nobody moved. Uh, we weren't, you know, we weren't sitting in couples. We'd all broken up uh, because of different varying levels of Catan experience. We just carried on with the game. Nice. Oh, yeah. Which is hilarious. Such nerds. You are a bunch of nerds. It's true. Um, yeah, it was... It was tough. Like, I don't, I don't want to perseverate on, on this too much, but it was very tough knowing that everyone was there and, and having fun. Well, not that I wasn't having fun, but you know what I mean? Like, everyone was there having mm-hmm. fun. And, and I have a very limited amount of time with everyone, but particularly you and Adina. And I was super bummed to be missing out on that. And Aaron, of course, being the nicest human that's ever lived, you know, she had all but insisted that I stay behind and she take Declan back to the hotel by herself in the evening. And I very nearly took her up on it. But I knew that he had been pretty difficult at nap time, not because he's a jerk, but because he's in a new environment, everything's different, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I didn't feel like it was right to leave her with him 
um, by by herself. So now she's the one that's missing out all by her lonesome, and I'm over here having the time of my life. And and I don't think she would have minded. I don't. I, I genuinely don't think it was an empty offer on her part. But no, you did the right thing. Right, though. exactly. You did the right thing. Like I just couldn't bring myself to be like, okay, honey, I'll see you in a few hours. You know, <laughs> it's just not the right thing to do. Um, but man, I'm so bummed. Like like this is. Most of parenting, at least for me anyway, has been amazing. It's been wonderful. I've been so thankful. Obviously, we've talked on the show more than anywhere else about how tough it was to get to be a parent. I am unbelievably thankful for it. But it's moments like this where it's like, man, this is such a drag because I really wish I could just <laughs> I really wish I could just stay up with my friends and party and, and play you know board games or whatever the case may be. Um, now, we did have a really neat New Year's moment, which I uh, wrote a b- brief blog post about. Um, what ended up happening was Declan refused to sleep in his crib or his little pack and play thing. And so we just all climbed into our bed together, which we very rarely do, basically only when we travel. I can't remember a time we've done this at home, uh, but we co-slept with Declan. And um, and so that meant, you know, instead of being able to stay up, just Aaron and I, like we had gone back to the hotel, we had, we were in an embassy suites, which means there was like a common room. Well, not common as in like other people, but like a living room and then a bedroom. And so Declan was in the living room. We were in the bedroom. We had brought some some alcohol with us so we could have a couple of drinks and stay up and maybe watch a movie and you know kind of have our own little mini party. And we were very much looking forward to that because it would take the sting away from missing out on what was going on in the undersc- at the underscores. But Declan had a fit. And so we ended up just going to sleep at about 930 on New Year's Eve, which was awesome. But as it turns out, by happenstance, I woke up at about 1130 and thought to myself, hey, you know, at this point, I might as well see the ball drop. I mean, I've been watching the ball drop for like probably 15 years now, you know, I, ever since I was probably in high school or thereabouts, I've been staying up to watch the ball drop. So, um, so I ended up, uh, starting up my sling box, which is a little thing that lets me watch the TV that's at my house over the internet. I started it up on my phone and I got out my fancy new AirPods. And then right before the ball drop, I woke, uh, I woke Aaron up, gave her one of the two AirPods. She put it in her ear. I put it in my ear, uh, put the other one in my ear and we listened to the broadcast and listened to the ball drop, uh, gave each other a kiss and then went back to sleep like old people. <laughs> so unfortunately we missed the, uh, Mariah Carey d- debacle, uh, which I heard was quite interesting. I haven't even bothered to look at a video, but, um, but it was all, all snark aside. It was a really cute little moment being able to like celebrate this Declan's in between us sleeping happy as happy as can be. And the two of us, you know, had our little new year's moment. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Apple. So that was kind of neat. Then on new year's day, uh, we all spent the day together, um, as people were, uh, filtering away, going back home again. And, um, I can't tell you how this began, but a game was created um, a game called New Year's Bounce. It was created by Tiff and Underscore. And it was basically... You can see how the ping pong, I think, helped influence this from earlier in the week. There was a bouncy ball um, on a table with to the table cut in half by candy cane with a cup on either end. And the game was to bounce the ball into the opposing person's cup. And uh, then a tournament seemed to ensue. <laughs> a winner stays on tournament, mm-hmm. uh, which began with Tiff and Dave. Tiff beat Dave. Then I played Tiff. I beat Tiff. Then I played John. I beat John. And this happened all in the space of maybe half an hour or something. I then played Tina. 
Me and Tina's game lasted for about 45 minutes. It was minutes. ridiculous how long that lasted. I was able to time it by some timestamps on some photos. Uh, it was about a 45-minute game. By the end of the game, everyone else had basically left the room because nobody cared anymore. Um, and we played, and then Tina won. And I nearly died. I was sweating. I've been playing the game for so long. Um, but it was a very fun game, um, unfortunately. It, uh, after we played, though, for that amount of time, subsequent games were played with some rule changes to make the game uh, a little bit easier to win, I think. <laughs> because we didn't want to have another uh, grueling 45-minute uh, match. Yeah, uh, it was it was funny to watch. I actually didn't get a chance to play. I solicited uh, unsuccessfully to have what in beer pong you would call celebrity shot where, you know, a non-player swoops in, takes one shot and then uh, and then and then goes away because I was convinced I would have ended the game right then and there. But neither Tina nor Mike took me up on that. And the funny thing was, was John and myself were sitting there in, or standing there, you know, waiting, poised with our cameras, waiting to get the winning moment. And eventually both of us gave up. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of like people coming in and out with cameras. Like, maybe I'll get. Nope, nobody got it. Nobody got it. <laughs> so um, true. It went on and on and on and on and on. But New Year's Bounce was a was a very fun game. Um, unfortunately, it was just a very slow game. <laughs> so true. Uh, so, uh, any? I have some closing thoughts. Do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to start with? So before we close, I would just say we haven't done Relay or Fills in a while, um, but I want to make sure that they come back for the next episode. Um, so please continue to send in your Relay or Fills questions for us. Use the hashtag Relay or Fills. Questions about anything, anything at all, anything you've heard us talk about on the show before, um, anything that you think might be interesting for us to talk about on the show in the future, um, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, we both would, um, so please continue to uh, send in any and all questions um, about stuff for us to talk about on this show. Yeah, we do have um, a decent I already list. have a few saved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we continue to have a big list that we're working through, but the list is always better when there's more stuff in the list. Exactly, yeah. So we, please do that. We've been avoiding it accidentally, and I feel like I've said that same statement the last like six episodes, but it really has been accidental. It's just been the way things have worked out, so we are bringing it back next week, darn it. Um, So some closing thoughts. Uh, I've kind of made a lot of these comments uh, throughout the episode, but uh, I just wanted to come back around and, in summary, um, thank basically everyone involved for putting together uh for putting together this whole this whole weekend um but particularly the underscores for hosting um that was a very big ask um for for them to host and you know we're all lucky enough to know them they're lucky enough to be slightly centrally located that's a bit of a stretch but they're they're you know i'm at one extreme end john is at the other extreme end and then the armaments and, and the and the underscores are in the middle um so we're we're very lucky for them to be willing to host and to have hosted and uh, for them to, I guess, actually um, be the genesis of the Mike and Adina trip in that you had said they suggested the idea at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and at considerable expense to the underscores, not financial expense, but expense to the underscores, um, to the Arments and to you guys, both, both regular expense and financial expense, um, it was really awesome 
that you guys did all that, um, sort of kind of for me, like, obviously it was for, it was for you and Adina too. Uh, it was for all of us to be able to see you guys. And maybe this is just me, my, my self-obsession leaking out, but in a lot of ways it felt like this was a, a surprise and a treat just for me. And, and that was an extremely kind thing of you guys, of the underscores and of the Armants to, to do and f- to facilitate. And, and I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's weird because you know that the people you choose to spend your life with, and I, and that obviously means Aaron, but, but I mean like just friends, even the people you choose to spend your life with, you wouldn't choose them unless they brought joy into your life. But, Sometimes there there'll be polarizing moments when when you realize or, or, or are shown so concretely why your friends or family are so awesome. And and this was one of those moments for me and, and, and I really appreciate it. And and it was unbelievably cool and flattering and neat of you guys to to put all that effort in. And again, I know it wasn't only for me, but in in a lot of ways for me. And 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 I know Aaron was so thankful to have met you and Adina and so ecstatic that she was able to spend time with you guys. Regretful that it was as little as it was because of, you know, Declan and just the circumstance, but but so thankful to have met you guys and 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 it was a really nice, kind, awesome thing that all of you guys did. And and I thank all of you guys from the bottom of my heart. It was super cool. So I will say, like, the the trip the trip was for us, um, right, right. you know, like the, but the surprise was for you. Yeah. You know, like we, we were making that trip because we, we thought it sounded like a good idea. Um, a nice way to give us a break after a very hectic last end of the year. Right. Like we knew it was going to be super chill, uh, mainly because everything was kind of being taken care of for us Like we didn't have to do any of the planning. We just arrived with all the planning completed. <laughs> um, and, you know, every, you know the Amits and the other schools are great hosts for us, um, and they took care of everything, and we just kind of just had to show up. Uh, but then, you know, the, the whole idea of of making it this surprise, it was it was for you. You know, it, this is how everybody knew that how much this would mean to you. Um, so we all decided that it would be a fun thing to do to give you that experience because we have spoken about this jokingly many times yeah you and i have yep about one of us showing up where the other one's gonna be and you know you've looked at it seriously i know that you have yeah i know i mean like i was just about to say for the record i literally have gotten to the point of pricing airfare now that it quickly ended around that time but um you know i had gotten to the point i don't remember what the specific occasion was i think one of them was the atlanta pen show but i think at at least once i had priced airfare to heathrow and and i don't remember what the occasion was it doesn't really matter but we have each like you said really thought about doing this to the other and and it turns out you were the winner and you were able to pull it off first so that was fun because you it, definitely these conversations have definitely gone more in the realm of you coming to surprise me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of happy that I got to surprise you. Um, but yeah, like I'm so happy that we did it because it was something that we really wanted to do. Um, but in the same way, like it was also just a great thing for me to be able to to give you that 
yeah. surprise. So, so leaving the surprise part out of it, was the trip worth it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, we both came back feeling very relaxed and kind of uh, rejuvenated. I know that the 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 um, the jet lag has had a little bit more of an effect on Adina than me, which is which is pretty normal. Um, I'm getting better these days at coming home. Weirdly, worse at going out. I don't know why that is, um, but that's just the way it is. So this one's been fine for me, but it hasn't been so great for her. But I expect that she will be, as we're recording this, like over in like a day. So we've been over mm-hmm. a couple of days at this point. I think that she'll be over it by tomorrow. But like the worst of it. Um, but yeah, I I hope that we get invited back next year. <laughs> Do you think you'll make the trip again? I would like to. Um, because the thing is, we own, it's it's cheaper than other trips that, that I might make. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm actually, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I'm planning on making less trips to the US this year than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is likely that the trips that I will make may be longer in nature. So I'm expecting to spend two weeks in California in June. Oh, because of the YouTube thing? Yeah, provided that the WWDC dates line up the way that I want them to. I'm expecting to spend a week in San Francisco and a week in LA. And in August, I might be spending some significant time away again, um, doing some stuff like I'm thinking about being in places in America for the best part of a month. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be that long. Wow. Yeah, there's there's just a few little things like um going to ten going to Tennessee, going to Memphis, uh going maybe back to New York again uh for the wrestling as I did last year and also the um the DC Penn show. Mhm. So I might couple these up with some just some additional trips to kind of make the whole thing a big thing and basically end up spending the best part of a month um, in the in America in August. Uh, but outside of those two, and then uh, the Atlanta Pen Show, that's all I really have on my radar. Mm-hmm. There's no Portland trip in September. Um, I don't have any other trips planned, so I'm thinking this year to maybe. Sp- be uh in the u.s on fewer occasions but for longer periods of time um so in my mind that would free up a december trip again oh that'd be awesome i don't want to get my hopes up but man that would be awesome we need to be invited back first yeah well i mean i don't want to speak for the underscores but i'm ready i'm really happy we did this i'm super happy that you (laughs) that you did and i'm super happy for this episode i this I knew this episode was going to run long, but the way we had put it in the show notes, we had we had a fair bit of relay your feels to cover, and I thought, yeah, we'll get through it all. And as it turns out, we just had a lot to talk about. I've been wait. I've been excited for this show since like an hour before we arrived. Because <laughs> I was thinking, oh, the episode's going to be good. Yeah, and it's funny because we just saw each other. You know, you were in my arms in, in two days ago. Well, at least. But for for me anyway, I guess it was three for you. But uh, mm-hmm. yep, it was not that long ago, and it's going to be so long until it happens again. 